Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you're in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it! Then we're done! And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes, get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. GMGP, everybody in the damn building. It is Monday, November 20th, 2023. Y'all decided to wake y'all asses up with Ray G. And I appreciate every last one of y'all in the building last week. I did not acknowledge the chat before we got going. So, Jay Rich, I got to do that now. I got to see who's in the damn building. Let's go. Jordan Baker in the building. What's up with you, Adam? Damon Morris, Lindsey Mack, my girl, Patrick in the building. Doug, Alex, Hunter, Joe Green, Job Web, one, two, two, three, Cold World TDE. Todd Claire in the building. Moggs, Will Edwards with the Virginia Tech. VTech logo, man. VTech, I ain't seen that in a minute. What's happening with you, Will? Uh, yeah, we got a good crowd in the building. What's up? Raymond Morris in the building. Uh, Chad, Jeff, Math, Jimbo in the building. Marlon, as always, appreciate every last eye, every last ear. Listens to the show after the fact, or you're tapped in live with the Wake Up Crew. Jerry, turn the music off, baby. Turn the music off. We got a lot to get to today. We're running through every damn game that we saw this past Sunday in the NFL. And then we've got a monster Monday night football preview that we're going to get into. Jay, we said it on uh, we said it on Friday, Jay. Them damn sports books, they be knowing, man. They be knowing, and they got us with a couple of them games. So we will talk about yeah. some of those games, our starts of the week, and sort of uh, the biggest fantasy football takeaways. A lot of stuff happened here in week 11, and, you know, we're here now, and it's almost over. We got a couple more weeks left in the fantasy season, and then after that, it is fully on to the 2024 NFL draft class. And if you guys missed it, I did post a uh, rookie mock yesterday, last night, uh, early rookie mock. Make sure you check that out over on the channel. Went through my top 12 right now. Some some interesting conversations amidst the 24 rookie class. But overall, this is going to be a phenomenal group. Jaden Daniels. Jay, did you know he scored eight damn touchdowns uh, in the game? Un unreal. I didn't know eight he scored that many. touchdowns in the game. Unreal. Roma Dunze balled out. Troy Franklin, your boy. Now my boy, a top five wide receiver in the class for me. So make sure you check out that early rookie mock. But Jay, I'm keep talking about you and all that other stuff. I'm bringing you in the building. How you doing, baby? I'm good, man. I'm good. It was a good week of football. As you mentioned, some great college games. Yeah, Jaden Daniels doing some stat padding a little I've bit. Really you. making that high. I mean, he's playing well. He's playing he's well, but LSU push, keeping man. him in that game it's a, a little push. long. You know, Bo Nix, he took Took the fourth quarter off, pulled early third quarter. What was it? I think it was, what, five touchdowns in the first yeah. half for Bo yeah. Nix? I mean, yeah. Nix was balling. Bo Nix was balling. Nix is Bo playing Nix very, is very well. But good we got into football. And the Bears blew another victory. Good for them. Another Lions survive. Victory. Probably but the most exciting game I think we watched all weekend for me. It's a good game. Bears-Lions, that was a good one. Bears-Lions was a good yeah. one. There were a lot of, uh, lot of unexciting games. So Bears-Lions definitely oh, yeah. lived up, lived up to the billing. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the Sunday night game. I'll say this. I, I poo-pooed on the Sunday night game on Friday, and it was a lot mm -hmm. more entertaining than I thought. I still was not mm -hmm. enthused about Javonta Williams' 30 yards or Jerry Judy yeah. dropping passes 
where Josh yep. Dobbs getting crunched up in the middle of the field. But it was a much more entertaining game than I thought. I was still half-ass tapped into it, Jay. But neither here nor there. Some couple of quick scheduling things. Uh, Destination Dynasty Scott Connors podcast is out now. Roster construction, mm-hmm. teaching you how to build your rosters. This episode focusing on the tight end position. Jay Rich, your show, Straight to the Bank, dropped on Friday. But this week, because we do have the Thanksgiving holiday, Jay Rich and I will not be doing the wake-up show on Friday. We will be going live for a monster show on Wednesday. So make sure, set your alarms, Wednesday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern time. Wake up, me and Jay Rich going through a full show, previewing the Thursday night matchups, looking ahead to Sunday, talking about whatever else is going on in the NFL. So make sure you are tapped in on Wednesday for another episode of Wake Up on the short week. And then the following week, I'm out all week. I'm on vacation. So unless Jay Rich goes live, which I'm pretty sure he won't, uh, there will be no Wake Up the week following Thanksgiving. I'll get it back on track when I come back in. I will get it done if Jay Rich is here or not. But we don't know. We'll see if there's going to be one the following week. But Jay... Got a lot of news, or not a ton of news. But you want to get into that? You want to get into the news, Jay? Jay is frozen, as always. Do you want to do the news now that you're unfrozen? You got it? Yeah, yeah, I can do it. I was like, did my power grow? Did your power grow? But yes, please hit me with the news I drop so we can baby. get to the news. It's just too hot of a news drop. Every time it's something happens, Let's we got it. Baby. Straight facts. The biggest news in the world of sports. Covered and brought to you by one man, Jordan Richards. This is Straight Facts. All right, Ray. So we did have a... Am I frozen again? You're frozen again. You you, you stay frozen, Jordan oh, Richards. You my are goodness. frozen again. I will, I will say the news since you are frozen until you can unfreeze. Because you're just looking at me frozen. Let me pull up the news and run through the news drop. Okay, everybody. News for this week. Where's it at? Where's the sheet at? I'm unprepared. Geno Smith got hit by Aaron Donald, and now his elbow is messed up. So no guarantee that Geno Smith is playing this Thursday. They've got a Thursday night game, short week. So is Geno Smith going to be there? Jay, are you back? Can you do it now? Are you back? You got it? I think I'm back. Yeah, right, I think go. I'm back. But yeah, Geno Smith is going to be probably missing this Thursday night game. Um, our injury analyst, Jeff Mueller, does not think he's going to be available. We'll see. He did return to the game, but ultimately, we're going to have to see. And Pete Carroll specifically wasn't so sure if he'd be playing this week. They do have the Niners. Then they have the Cowboys on Thursday the following week. And so it does pose a few different problems. They also are probably going to be without Kenneth Walker, who suffered an oblique injury in the game. So as I mentioned, you know, they have the Thursday night this week. He's probably not going to play in that game. And then there's even concerns that Walker could miss the Thursday night game the following week against the Cowboys. So if you do have Kenneth Walker on your rosters, hopefully you're already in the playoffs because he may not be making that playoff push for your fantasy teams. But Geno Smith could miss this week and potentially next week. But Jeff does think he will be back. And then Kenneth Walker definitely like more likely than not going to miss this week and potentially could miss next week as well. So definitely some concerns for Seattle as they go through probably the toughest stretch of their schedule and looking at an 0-4 for the next month. Aaron Jones suffered an MCL sprain or suspected MCL sprain. We're waiting for confirmation on that and he could miss multiple weeks. So that could be a problem for you if you have him in fantasy. Obviously, he's been kind of up and down throughout the season. But, you know, the MCL sprain would put him back a couple weeks and probably wouldn't play for at least the next two, potentially even the next three. Uh, Dolphins running back Devon A. Chain did return to action this week, but he suffered a re-injury to his knee. He only played three snaps. He tried to return, ultimately did not play very much in this game. 
I think the biggest thing now is can we start him when he does come back, right? We thought, okay, he's been off for a while. They're resting him. He's back now, and he gets hurt again. So the bigger concern for us and, and for us, um, especially in fantasy football, is can we trust him going forward? Do we need to see it on the field? And so at least for our injury analyst, Jeff Mueller, he was saying that he thinks that we should be waiting until we see him play a whole game to feel confident about starting every week. For a guy who gets limited touches, if he can't even get through a whole game, that's a problem for us in fantasy football. So we'll have to monitor his status. He'll probably play this coming week, but we'll have to see what happens with Devon Achain. Deonta Foreman also re-injured his ankle injury, and he didn't play too many snaps. So we think that Khalil Herbert could be the lead dog in Chicago going forward. It was Foreman. He was playing pretty well. He did score a touchdown, but we'll have to see how that backfield shakes out in Chicago going forward. Cooper Cup suffered a low ankle sprain he is expected to play in the game he was held out by the coaching staff he tried to go back in but they obviously got the win without him so no harm no foul holding cup out but it should be a low grade ankle sprain and a low ankle sprain at that so he should be fine to play next week and we also have to monitor chris godwin's status because chris godwin did suffer what appeared to be an ankle injury didn't limit him too much during the game but don't be surprised if he pops up on the injury report so we'll see what happens with Godwin. You know, obviously it's been Mike Evans, been Rashad White. Haven't been wanting to play Godwin too much, but he may be on the injury report this week. So something to monitor going forward. Ray, was there anything that I missed throughout the news? I don't think so. I think I think you got through and hit majority of the stuff. You know, it's unfortunate the Aaron Jones injury. Um, yeah. You know, he's been he's just been a player that's been disappointing this year all the way around. We really thought that with Jordan Love and a bunch of young wide receivers that it would be the Aaron Jones show, or at least. Green Bay trying to lean on Aaron Jones and his skill set from a rushing and receiving perspective, but we have not, we have not really gotten that from him, or we have not gotten that from him this year. I believe next year Aaron Jones will be 29 years old. So here we yep. go. Really, and remember they restructured his deal one. too and, to get him back. And my question so to you about Achan is: Are you concerned about him long term? He's already being valued as a top eight running back on Keep Trade Cut. You know, while the NFL seems to be more willing to give smaller players opportunities in games, this is still a fear. And what I always say is every play is a train wreck. Anybody can get yep. hurt, no matter if you're 180 pounds or 290 pounds. You can get hurt on any single play. But does this give you a little bit of pause with investing multiple first, picking A-chan in the second round, or are you just kind of like – this is what it's going to be, and when he's on the field and playing, I want to realize those points, and if he has to miss a couple of games here or there, no big deal. Where are you at with, with Devon Achan? I think for me, when it comes to Achan, and I've talked about this on the show plenty of times, he's one of the hardest players to value. Like Right now, he's sandwiched between Jonathan Taylor and Kenneth Walker on Keep Trade Cut at RB7, and if I'm being honest, I'd much prefer Jonathan Taylor or Kenneth Walker over him because I'm more I'm a little bit more secure in their workload week to week I think they're going to be able to hold up and to be fair to Kenneth Walker he's been banked up quite a bit as well I think the thing with HN is is you need to see can he remain healthy he's an outlier from a lot of different perspectives and health and durability is going to be one of those things if he's going to be getting even 15 touches a week right and we haven't seen that quite yet so we do I do want him to kind of prove it and that's where the value at RB7 is tough to buy into if you want to buy into it then yes of course you're gonna to have to live and die with the booms and the bus weeks but hopefully the booms are more than the bus and he can be a league winner for you so I'm not against investing in him it's just where he's valued there's a lot of other players with more secure workloads and fantasy point floors that you may prefer to invest in even though you're trading off that youth for the production and that's kind of always the game you play in down Dynasty. Ray, do you feel any differently about HN? Are you are you still good with investing in him at the current cost? Yeah, I think so. I mean, 
is going to get hurt. All the players, yeah. everybody's going to get hurt. Everyone gets hurt. Back, Everyone on the list. Get hurt. You're going to get injured. You're going to miss time. Very rarely does a running back just go through an entire 18-week, 17-game schedule unscathed, healthy for all 17, toting the rock yep. 20 times. That's just part of position. I think you have to embrace it. You can't panic. And when they come back off of these damn knee injuries, it just feels like the re-injury rate. You see it at some Very point. Very high. So I'm fine with him. His cost of acquisition always felt a little high. That's the type of player that I would have rather have had on my roster via the rookie Prior. draft or an early season trade. Would I pay Jonathan Taylor prices for Devon Achan right now? Absolutely not. Give me Jonathan Taylor over Achan pretty easily right now. But I don't, I'm not, I'm not more concerned. This is just a fear. It's a reality with football. It's a reality with the running back position. And it's a reality with a running back that is a sub 190 pounds. It is what it is. When he's on the field and right, it's going to score you a lot of points. Obviously, he's not 100% right now. So you get, you know, whatever he is, that you Mixed get that results, type of production yeah. from that player. But let's talk about Joshua Dobbs and the Sunday night football game. I do want to talk about Denver Broncos and the Minnesota Vikings. The Broncos won that game, Jay, 21-20. to 20. thought it was a pretty entertaining game. Again, I wasn't very excited to watch Javonta Williams do exactly what we thought he would probably do, give us 11 carries for 37 yards. But I will say, Jay, that Russell Wilson was very good in the game, and Russell Wilson, for the most part, by and large, has been really good this season. Russ went out there and he uh, he cooked. They let him throw the ball 35 did, times, yeah. 259 yards, one touchdown for Russell Wilson. You know, it it wasn't it wasn't a monster performance, but I'm encouraged by the fact that Sean Payton and company let him throw the ball 35 times. And because of that, you got some production out of your receivers. Jerry Judy had 58 yards. Cortland Sutton scored, caught four for 66. So he helped you out in the game. I, I thought it was fine from Russell Wilson. He's he is definitely not the same Russ that he once was in Seattle, or at least yeah. how he used to play in that Seattle offense. But by and large, I think Russell Wilson has been has been fine this season. Everybody wanted to replace him at the start of the year. They need a new quarterback. Don't believe that's going to happen. I believe Denver rolls with him again next year. And uh, yep. yeah, I thought he was fine. They got the dub five and five on the season. Minnesota, this team that's still in that fringe range for a playoff spot. Kind of a bad loss for Minnesota right here. I thought they had him. I thought they had the Denver Broncos in this matchup. Joshua Dobbs, another two touchdowns for him. He got he got touched up this game. He was running around. He, he got got touched up a couple of times, but he still got the ball uh, to his tight ends. Unfortunately, the tight end that scored was Josh Oliver, who had that yeah. as the first touchdown score on the game. Jordan Addison did not do much for us in that matchup, Jay. And this is one of the things that I cautioned and warned on is I, – the, the target share, like the, the opportunity, he had six targets in the game, but by and large for him to continue producing, what was he, 16, 17 fantasy points per game? It was a yeah. lot of it was touchdowns for Jordan Addison. It, it, you know, sub 20% target share is not going to get you there. So he didn't do much for us in the matchup. And then from the running back perspective, two running backs, yes, they were both fine. All right, Todd Chandler got you four catches, 70 yards, Alexander Madison. Mm. 18 totes on the night coming off of a concussion, 81 yards. I thought they ran the ball well. Fantasy takeaways from this one, I don't have much, Jay. You don't have any fantasy takeaways. I think I for me it's Colin Sutton. Um, honestly, I, the biggest thing for me, and, and I've talked about this a lot, Corlin Sutton's been the primary receiver who's actually been on the field at a large majority of, of, of shares, sorry, 85%, 90% almost every single week, and catching touchdowns very frequently, right? So even if you don't know 
and aren't sure about the volume. He's on the field a lot. He's running a lot of routes and he's catching touchdowns and he's been showing that value. Literally snatched a victory out of the hearts of Minnesota Vikings fans last night. Phenomenal play and catch by Cortland Sutton, really doing and showing what made him so successful in college and such a highly touted prospect and talent at the NFL level. But Russell Wilson, as you mentioned, was great. I thought he played a good game. 12 points in the fourth quarter. He was phenomenal. I'm curious to see, as you mentioned, right, how this Minnesota team looks with Jefferson back. Does this kind of force Jefferson back a little bit? Six and five, still firmly in the playoffs, right? I believe the number was 80%. They still have them making the playoffs after a loss because the teams below them are terrible. The closest team below them is the Saints, and they're winning their division, so they're actually ahead of them in the playoff standings right now. So Minnesota's still in the driver's seat. They have a slightly tough schedule. But yeah, fantasy takeaways is really just, can Addison continue to produce with Jefferson back? I think kind of no. You need to understand this is like one of the worst matchups in the NFL for wide receivers. So that's the biggest thing there. It was encouraging to see Judy and then P. Ryan obviously did a lot at the very end of that game to help Denver secure a win. Um, but outside of that, he didn't do a whole lot. Uh, but for me, the surprise is Javante. Javante's been running very, very well. The matchup wasn't great, um, but I'm hoping to see he can continue to do well and get a lot of carries. This game was not one of those performances because right. Dobbs did play well enough to keep Minnesota in the game. But I'm curious to see what happens with Javante going forward. Yeah, um, I saw that uh, Tater, did you bet that? He said plus 6,000 for Oliver first TD. I don't know if he bet that, but if you did, Tater, I'm going to air horn you right now because that is money, baby. Good found money because nobody had that in there except old Tater Wolf. Yeah, Todd Chandler, I thought he looked good. He looked more explosive than me. He looked a little more shifty than Alexander Madison. Ultimately, this is a team that's, they're just trying to hold it together, Jay. They're trying to hold it together until Justin Jefferson gets back, wasn't activated off of IR before the game. Hopefully we get some news and some information about him being activated this week. But let's get to the Pittsburgh Steelers game, Jay. Steelers and the Browns. And boy, did this game go under as all the betting people said it would. Under City in this one. 13-10. The Steelers fell to the Dorian Thompson-Robinson-led Cleveland Browns. Jay, I, I, all I wanted to say at the beginning of this segment is your boy, Kenny Pickett, My boy. leaving you on the screen. I ought to get myself off of here. Your boy, Kenny Pickett, he ain't it, Jay. Like, he he is just, he is We're out on Pickett? He is not it. He is not it, Jay. I, I don't know what else to say. They there was, a, there was a video that somebody posted yesterday, Jay. Forgot who it was, but it was all of Kenny Pickett's pass attempts that went beyond the sticks. And it was off beyond the sticks. Beyond the sticks, it was a it was a montage from the game of all of Pickett's pass attempts that went beyond the sticks. And let me tell you, it wasn't pretty, man. Fifteen for twenty-eight, one hundred and six yards, no touchdowns, no Terrible. interceptions, three sacks. He can't complete a pass to anybody. This, I don't know how they're six and four. I, I don't know how they're six and four with this quarterback. People Defense. keep talking about ah oh, this and that, like this. He can't do anything. I mean, it is it is. It's brutal to watch Pittsburgh and Kenny Pickett try to maneuver this offense down, up and down the field. Th- they have to be in the market for a quarterback in 2024. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm watching it. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm trying to find the grace within. He, he's just not very good, Jay. He's just not very good. He's just The arm strength isn't there. There's no pocket presence. He's just not very good. He's just not very good. I, I, this is one where... We all kind of scratched our heads when he was the one quarterback selected in the first round. The reality is yep. none of them should have been selected in the first round. But Kenny Pickett, not very good. The only positive takeaway for me, which I've been screaming this since the preseason, Jalen Warren needs more touches. Give 
the the fact that they stopped giving him the ball blows my mind. Get Jalen yeah. Warren involved. This is an offense right now where everybody is getting nuked. You can't, you damn near can't start any of the receivers, Jay. Like you try to because okay, Deontay Johnson to get eight targets. You yep. love it, right? Targets per route run, target share, all the Trinity. It's all there. But then you look at the quarterback situation, Jay. It. I don't think you can start these guys, man. Not not in. I'll just say this, not in these type of matchups. It's just a, a full fade moving forward with these Pittsburgh pass catchers. Yeah, I mean, especially the pass catchers, honestly, Ray, you talk about in this matchup, and this matchup in particular was a bad matchup, so no surprise here that Kenny Pickett struggled. But, you know, we could go to the char a Chargers matchup or a good matchup for a quarterback, and I still don't necessarily trust Pickett to get it done. You know, when Deontay's converting two of eight targets, that's just not going to work. I think what's crazier is even though this is the Pittsburgh offense and we know they like to run the ball, how in the world is Dorian Thompson-Robinson throwing the ball 43 times, but Kenny Pickett's only throwing it 28 times, and he's having much more success, playing better than Pickett, but yeah, the, the only takeaway is Jalen Warren is awesome. He needs way more touches. And you, when you even have Najee Harris coming out and saying we need to be better on offense after the game, that tells you everything you need to know. This team's six and four with no quarterback, basically no offense, literally just winning games with defense. And so happened they ran into the Browns who have a better defense and even a better offense with DTR at quarterback. But Ray, my question to you is does Flacco get on the field? Because they signed him, right? He's going to be in the Cleveland building this week. Right. You think he gets on the field and no. they continue with DTR going DTR. forward? DTR. They'll, they'll, they'll keep riding DTR. He he wasn't very good either, but at least he ran around. He kept him in the game. He got the dub. Yep. He put him in position to win. I was impressed for what DTR did, which wasn't much. I was impressed with him and to get that victory at home. Big for DTR. Uh, my start of the week, Jerome Ford, it looked good. It started off very good for you, boys. Scored <laughs> a touchdown early. I'm like, hell yeah. Told you to fire up that Jerome Ford. And he did get 12 touches, but only 31 yards. They couldn't do much of anything. So he did score you a touchdown and caught two passes. So it wasn't a complete zero, but it wasn't the explosion that we thought. They tried to run the ball 29 times, sub 100 yards. Just did not happen for Cleveland. And the pass catchers, again, you just hard to start those guys when you've got a young, unexperienced quarterback like Dorian Thompson-Robinson under center. That's no slight to yep. DTR, right? I mean, it's just his first start versus Pittsburgh. It's a good defense. Way better than the start against Baltimore, right? Absolutely. Like, the start against way Baltimore was than, bad, so put on... encouraging. They yeah, had his, I think they tape. had his uh, completion prop set at like 15 and a half completions, so completely smashed that, went over his yardage prop. DTR probably got it done from you from a betting perspective, Jay. But... Let's pivot on and talk about, uh, listen, we got to just talk about him. Let's get out of the way early because we kind of talk bad about old Trev, old T-Law and Ridley on Friday. <laughs> Kinda. And Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley, boy, did they get it done versus the NF Tennessee Titans. 34-14, uh, to 14, the Jacksonville Jaguars put a beat down on Tennessee, and it wasn't even as close as the final score sort of indicates. Trevor Lawrence was great golden boy T-Law in this one. 24 for 32, 262, two touchdowns, no interceptions, only sacked one time for T-Law. And Jay, banged in two freaking rushing touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence, incredible on the day. And his running mate Calvin Ridley, it was a blast from week one past because Ridley yeah, went over 100 yards and he scored two of the touchdowns that T-Law threw on nine targets. So Jay... Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley, are they back? Do you trust them with full confidence moving forward? Jacksonville, talk about them. 
So, I mean, John's been getting at me in the chat. I don't know if uh -oh. you've noticed this. A a every uh -oh. five minutes, because I said I'd take Jared Goff over Trevor Lawrence. I believe it was last mm. week sometime, right? So, mm. either way. He's got the Texans next week, so we'll see how he plays. Bengals, Browns, Ravens. Schedule's okay for Trevor. I wouldn't say I trust him going forward, because he's been very up and down this season. It was a great game against a bad team, and we'll openly admit that. Um, the big thing with Goff, right, is in some ways I'm also leaning on the offense, the play caller and the offensive line. So whether you want Trevor Lawrence or Jared Goff, entirely up to you. The reasoning behind Goff is rooted in the entire team, not just the player and the talent, right? And that's what makes great quarterbacks as well. He was awful this week and Trevor was great, but he also took two touchdowns away from the rest of his team. So Trevor was a little selfish in my opinion. A little selfish was the golden boy, but he was back. He was QB one and number one player on the week. Uh, but against Tennessee, it is what it is. I want to see how he plays against Houston. Yeah. That then then we can start to see is he back if he can go toe to toe with Stroud, I will admit he's that's he's probably back up. at that point. Yeah, that, it's in Houston Sunday? on the road. Um, that is a Sunday game. Yes, Sunday game one o'clock. So marquee game one o'clock in Houston. So big game for them. We'll see how they play. But and I think at that game. point we will be able to say is is he back? Because after that he has the Bengals, so that'll be easy. But then he has to go to to um, Cleveland, so that's not going to be very fun in December, and then he plays the Ravens, so it, it could be a tough stretch for T-Law in the playoffs, but I think the big game will be Houston. How does he play there? I don't, I wouldn't say Ridley's back, though. Are you there? Like, it was a good game, but I, I don't believe Ridley's going to just keep doing this every week. It could be a Christian Kirk game next week, especially against Houston, who allows a lot more points to the slot, and he, Ridley will probably see Derek Stingley, at which point he'd be in big trouble. This is the third straight game where Travis Etienne has sort of let us down a little bit. Uh, he had 24 for 79, no touchdowns versus Pittsburgh, yep. 9 for 35, no touchdowns versus San Francisco, and then 14 for 52, no touchdowns this week versus Tennessee, Jay. So we did not get the big boom out of Travis Etienne that we expected either. So quite unfortunate from that perspective. And then on the other side of the ball, I don't have a lot to take away from from this Tennessee team besides their bad, Jay. Yep. They're three and seven. I thought I watched a lot of this game because I wanted to see Levis and what he looked like. I thought he was I thought he was fine. I, I thought he was yeah. fine. Right. I thought he was fine. They just they threw the ball 17 times. They, they did not run a lot of plays. They just didn't have the ball. They didn't run a lot of plays. Henry, I literally for the life of me, we will continue to come on the show. I don't know why he's still a Tennessee Titan. No idea why. 10 carries, 38 yards. DeAndre Hopkins literally saved, saved by that 43-yard touchdown pass. Outside yep. of that, DeAndre Hopkins had like 12 yards receiving. It just was not good. He did save the day. If you started him, you're thankful that you got the long touchdown. But other than that, there was nothing to take away from the Tennessee side. Levis fumbled one, scored two touchdowns. Yep. And one of the touchdowns went to a damn defensive tackle. So that Let's helped go. absolutely Jeffrey nobody Simmons. out. Jeffrey Simmons, Jeffrey Simmons stealing it. That helps nobody in fantasy out besides Will Levis starters. Uh, not a lot else to take away from this matchup, Jay. But we are going to talk about the Seattle Seahawks and the Los Angeles Rams. Jay, I don't know how LA won this game. I have no idea how the Rams won this game. Uh, they had no, they had no business running the game. When I looked up. My start of the week, Matthew Stafford had like nine passing yards when I looked up. And I was like, oh, this is Yeah, first this. quarter was rough. P part of me was like, oh, this is perfect. Garbage time Stafford. Can't wait. But yep. as you alluded to in the opening, Cooper Cup injured, right? Couldn't do anything. Yep. Running game for the most part. I know you had talked about the running backs. They couldn't get anything going for majority of the game. Royce Freeman ultimately found some success rushing for 73 yards. 
But, I, I mean, it was literally, Puka Nakua did his thing. If you started Puka Nakua, you're happy about you're that. Right. He got you a touchdown, five catches, 70 yards for Puka Nakua. Tutu Atwell, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, nothing, nothing, nothing from anybody over there from the pass catcher side of the ball. And then on the other side, there's a lot of DK Metcalf, man. DK Metcalf is a monster, Jay. Like, that's sort of what I just wanted to remind people and say that, this dude is a beast. DK Metcalf yep. is a stud, right? He went out there five for 94, one touchdown, lock it, 50 yards receiving. JSN did his customary 40 yards on three receptions. That's just what he's going to do week in and week out. Talked about Kenneth Walker getting banged up. It was the Zach Charbonnet yeah. show for a large portion of the game. I don't know, Jay. I walked away kind of like he was okay. It wasn't, wasn't what I thought I would get out of Charbonnet if he got an opportunity. It didn't excite me long term. And Geno Smith, yeah. I thought he played well uh, prior to the injury. So what do you think are the big fantasy takeaways from this game? Seattle and Seattle drops the 6-4, and four, and the Rams somehow are still kind of just hanging around and trying to play, which means at least Stafford and Cuffin Nakua should keep going. So keep winning games that you have no business winning, Rams, because that gives us hope that Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua can continue to produce for us for fantasy. Yeah, my uh, under seven and a half wins isn't looking so good anymore because they had to go and win this game. But I think the biggest takeaway, is, and you kind of hit on it very briefly there, is that Jack Charbonnet in that feature role didn't really show us what we were hoping for. You know, we, we talk all the time about how Kenneth Walker is, is great for fantasy. He gets so many rushing attempts. He's in a great system for running backs. He's so explosive and he got hurt in the game and obviously didn't do a whole lot for fantasy. And so in steps, Zach Charbonnet, a guy who can catch passes, a guy who's strong, can break through a tackle and get through a hole with aggression and power. And it just left a little to be desired for Zach Charbonnet. So we'll see if he can play this week, but he is going to have the Niners. Do I expect him to do anything against the Niners? No, like I really don't. If this is how this they, offense you, plays and if Geno Smith is... They got a rough schedule coming up. They got Seattle. the night. So they got the Niners... Dallas, so Niners at home, Dallas on the road, Niners on the road, and then they play the Eagles. I think that game's at home, though. But either way, Man. it doesn't really matter. They're playing all the top teams in the NFC for the next four weeks, so they're screwed. Like, they're they're probably going to walk out of that with uh, a 6-8 and eight record, at which point they're probably almost out of the playoffs or trying to sneak in. I think the biggest surprise, honestly, was that JSN didn't continue to play well the whole game. You know, Tyler Lockett wasn't really overly involved early, and it was a lot of JSN, and he was the leading receiver. Mm -hmm. And then DK Metcalf caught that 53-yard bomb, and all of a sudden, he was kind of back. And then the ball started going to Lockett, and you were like, what happened to JSN? JSN? Like, did he disappear? It was So that part was kind of strange for me, but it, again, when you look at the totality of the game, it makes sense. It, it's DK, it's Lockett, it's JSN. Regardless of how it starts, that's just always how it finishes. Um, and, and you talked about it, man. DK has been a guy that I consistently say is a player I want to own in fantasy because he is just so dominant and can take over a game at any any moment. And he shows that almost every single week. Love DK a lot. think he's a great talent. Um, but I think until Tyler Lockett leaves, I think JSN is basically just a guy that is flex worthy some weeks, but probably you don't want to start him week in and week out. I agree with uh, retired Ridley Truth. Or Seattle's running backs complement each other very well together. I, they do make a very good. They do make Tandem. a very good uh, a good uh, combo. And Robert, I saw the same thing. Started tiptoeing at the line. It, it looked like he was trying to mimic Kenneth Walker's rushing style, and that's not Zach Charbonnet. He's a downhill, uh, yeah. no nonsense, foot in the ground, north south runner. Uh, yeah, he caught six passes, so you're happy with that from you know a PPR perspective. But just watching his movement skills was a little under impressed, but. Hopefully he gets more reps with the starting unit in practice and then he comes out ready to roll 
against San Francisco. Short week, so got to get it done. Yep. Uh, but that's about all I have from this one. Hopefully everything is okay with Cooper Cup and uh, they get back on the road. And, and surprisingly, Stafford was only sacked once in that game. He was only sacked one yeah. time. It was just they looked off. The timing was off. It just they looked bad. But they got to win, and that's what we want. Please keep winning, Los Angeles Rams. Another uninspiring quarterback performance on the weekend. The Jets, uh, plus seven, you know, plus seven. They'll keep it close against Buffalo. Woof. That did not happen because Josh Allen decided to turn back into Josh Allen. Jay. Josh Allen was back, and he was dominant. He played very well in this game. There he is, Josh Allen, three touchdowns, over 270 yards passing, one interception, sacked one time, ran the ball five times for 15 yards, in this matchup, the Buffalo Bills put foot in the Jets. The Jets got so sick of Zach Wilson, they put in Tim Boyle and they let their punter throw a ball, Thomas Morstead. But Zach Wilson, mm -hmm. 7 for 15, sacked five times, couldn't get a damn thing going. One interception. The Jets look so bad in this one, Jay. This, look, this didn't look like the same Jets team that was hyped up week one that beat the Bills. This was a very bad Jets team. They fall to four and six on the season. Buffalo improves. Coming off of a two-game losing streak to six and five, what are your thoughts and big takeaways, fantasy perspective from this game? I think the biggest takeaway is what happens now with Garrett Wilson. Right, we know that he was coming in with an injury, so the two for nine wasn't—I wouldn't say shocking—but we'll see what happens with him going forward. But the more important question is who's his quarterback? Because Robert yeah. Sala was very non-committal on Zach Wilson going forward. He's continuously been supportive of Zach Wilson. Every week he says, Zach's our quarterback, Zach's our guy. And finally this week they said, enough is enough. We can't do this anymore. This guy's terrible. They put in Tim Boyle. It's unfortunate that Flacco signed with the Browns because honestly, they the Jets probably would have signed him back because he was on the team just last season. So... What do they do from here? The question for me is Garrett Wilson, can you start him going forward? Because who is his quarterback? Again, the, the reality is, can it get much worse? Hopefully not. We'll see. And then Brees Hall continues to just do whatever he can. You know, five reception, 50 yards, leading receiver for the Jets, scored a touchdown, only 23 on the ground because every week this guy just can't find a hole. Yeah, there's just there's nothing no available to him. The offensive yeah. line is bad. There's nothing no for him. Brees is being saved by receptions, but this is that's it. I mean, he's been awful on the ground, and it's no, it's not because Brees not is his awful. fault. Yeah, they they're, they can't block anybody. Yeah, it's a big problem. I mean, and and the other thing is is honestly for me, it's the Bills obviously looking good. You know, we talked last week, Josh Allen or C.J. Stroud. Any any difference opinion there? I mean, I'm I'm I'll ask you. What about what do you think? I was still team Josh Allen because of the rushing, right? Like, I still believe the rushing kind of does cement Josh Allen ahead of Stroud. But, you know, pick your poison, whoever you want to take. But, yeah, obviously, Josh Allen was great. James Cook getting the majority of the rushing yards was bell great. You know, 17 Cook, carries. Baby. The only bell cow that gets no goal line touches. <laughs> hey, None. but he caught a touchdown. Five-yard reception for a touchdown. So, we're good Very there. Good. Khalil Shakur, 115 yards and a touchdown rate. Come on now. I it was mean... really just digs. Diggs got clamps, uh, baby. Secure, what if, happened? If Sauce Gardner hustled and there wasn't a block in the back, I mean, it, he got the, he got it done in best ball because you didn't start him anywhere. In best ball, you're happy with that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and Kincaid was good, too. He got a lot of work early, but he kind of disappeared a little Who's bit later that? in the game. K Kincaid. Yeah, Kincaid. I think he had like five fine. receptions I mean, in the first half and second half 46, he did. Like, next I'll time. take it. At, the, at yeah. this volatile tight end position, the real... The oh, yeah. real head scratcher for me, and I'm and now I'm starting to get a little worried, Jay. I'm starting to get a little worried about Stefan Diggs. I mean, <laughs> I, picture. He's getting he's getting the targets, right? Eight targets, but it is not 
it is not transferring to fantasy points. So I'm I'm getting a little concerned with Stefan Diggs, but Buffalo still winning, which means they'll keep fighting for that playoff spot, which means we should have Stefan Diggs through the fantasy playoffs. But I'm getting a little concerned about the lack of production for Stefan Diggs. And you look at Josh Allen throwing for 275. Gabe Davis didn't even have a catch in this game. Diggs didn't go over yep. 27 yards in the game. How the hell did Josh Allen get the damn near 300 passing yards with Diggs and Gabe Davis sub 30 yards combined? It's just weird variance. You just got to embrace it, but yep. you got to keep rolling with Stefan Diggs through hell or high water. And to answer your question on Garrett Wilson, led the team with eight targets. Jay, now what? I'll just say this. I had never thought in a million years we'd be talking about Tommy DeVito as a top five quarterback on the week, getting the ball to playmakers, Darius Slayton playing yeah. well. We can just transition to that game right now. Giants and the Commanders. I say if Garrett Wilson is going to play, you just cross your fingers and you jam him into a flex spot and pray that. At worst, he he's a flex, right? Those, he has to be. Catches some of those eight, eight targets. Just Zach Wilson isn't very good. We all knew that. This was putting lipstick on a pig trying to make it look a lot prettier than what it is. So the Washington Commanders and the New York Giants game, I think a lot of people thought this would be a lock for the Commanders. Just roll them in there. If you're doing a Survivor League pick, oh man, yeah. no chance that the Giants walk in favorites. to Washington and beat this team. And that's exactly what they did. What an embarrassing loss. My, my mom lives out in the D.C. area. My stepfather's been a Commanders football team, a Redskins fan for years Jay, since he was a child, you know, and oh, damn. they were talking about that game saying that has been one of the worst losses, top five loss that they could remember. Losing to that team at home, crowd was just, and, and it wasn't now. even just a loss. They they were embarrassed in that one. I mean, the Giants looked like a team that were trying to make it, trying to get the last playoff spot, man. They were out there playing dead. I'm like, man, this is it's good football we're seeing here from the Giants. Now, DeVito, albeit he was very good for fantasy, he's still sacked nine times. And I believe I saw a stat, Jay, that it's the first time since 1984 that a team that sacked the opposing quarterback nine times oh. lost by double digits. Like, we have not seen this happen, that you get that type of pressure on an opposing yeah. quarterback and get your ass beat by two touchdowns or more by double digits. Ron Rivera should be fired. I, I, oh, he should be one fired of the today. That we don't want to do on wake up is come on here, slam players because listen, neither you nor I have the physical or mental capacity to play any level of professional sport. So I'm not going to crap on professional players and and try very hard not to do that. Right? I might call you a bum, but I'm not just going to go on a tirade. He ought to be fired, man. To go out there and have Devito put up 246, three touchdowns. You sacked him nine times. Saquon Barkley. I mean, 80 yards rushing, two catches, two Bell touchdowns Barkley, the baby. I mean, this is this was bad. This was bad from the commanders. I do think Jay is full slate. I think they're wiping house. I don't think the enemy is safe. Uh, Ron yep. Rivera should be fired. And what's that do for Sam Howell? You know what? It, you know what it feels like for me personally watching Sam Howell, a young quarterback who's run out of gas. It looks like he. They have just they okay. wore him out so much at the beginning of the season, asking him to throw the ball. 40, 50 times a game. He just looks worn out. He looks absolutely good. You watch him. He just looks worn out. And we sit back, and this ain't no Madden, right? You just can't go week after week and just keep simming games and playing. I'm sure he's banged up. And 
You listen to professionals who have been in the league for multiple years talk about by, by the end of the season, I'm just absolutely beat down. Took another yep. four sacks, three interceptions, fumbled the ball. He looks he looks tired to me watching him play. There's not a lot to take away from the Washington side. You're still no pass catcher that you can depend upon consistently. Yep. Jahan Dotson does nothing, but somehow he gets in the end zone. Terry McLaurin yep. gets all the targets, but he doesn't get he doesn't get the receptions in the yards. They got that B Rob out there routing up. No folks. Gibson, Brian right? Robinson yeah. is the best player on the field, running the ball, catching the ball. Uh, there's not a lot to take away from the commander side of the ball, but clean house should happen. They should sweep it, sweep it out, clean up, clean it up, start over. They showed pictures of FedEx Field. And to put the icing on the cake of why Rivera should be fired, they didn't even have hot water in the locker room after the game, so neither the Giants nor the Commanders could shower after an NFL football. No hot water, Jay. They, not good. They, just scrap it. Just stop. Go play at University of Maryland. Go to College yeah. Park. Get out of FedEx Field. The Commanders are cooked, Jay. Yeah, the commanders are are a big problem. And as you mentioned with Sam Howe, right? Did you know that he's thrown the ball 42, I think it was 45 times. And I was just looking at it in the last five games. Minimum, minimum of 45 times each of the last five games. So just arm fatigue in general. Like even in college, you don't throw the ball this much. And he, you know, he played at UNC where they threw the ball a lot and got in a ton of shootouts. But you just, you can't do this. Like he's on pace to break sack records. He's on pace to break pass attempt records. Even the greatest quarterback of all time who threw the ball 760 times his final season, and I believe that was the NFL record for pass attempts in the season, he wasn't that good. And maybe it was simply because, yes, he's old, but maybe his arm was tired as well. So to have a young quarterback in his first season throwing the ball this much, no surprise by the end of it, he's going to be exhausted. You talk about the pass catchers. It was great to see this feature role for B-Rob because Antonio Gibson was out, so he caught passes. He obviously ran the ball very well for 73 yards. Chris Rodriguez ran the ball pretty well as well. But yeah, Sam Howell, the biggest problem is that he's great for fantasy because of the volume, but you just don't know where the ball is going. John, On the Giants' side, I think John it's just bell cow Barkley, baby. They used all the hot water in the locker room to boil under Rivera's seat just to get... <laughs> That's a good one. He's got to be fired, though. Like, I don't... Two two games now, they've lost to the Giants. They've lost both games to the Giants now. Yes. So, at this point, it's over. He's got to go. It is disintegrated. It is ash. And shout out the Giants, baby. The Pats are in the Drake May sweepstakes. Let's go. Smoldering, smoldering, smoldering coals. And yeah, Jay, we kind of buried the lead, but we we can't do this, man. We we have got to show some love. We got to get a picture of this dude, man. Tommy DeVito, give him his love, man. Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito, his damn air horn, balling. I mean, nine sacks. Got sacked nine times, Jay. Five in and the first quarter, too, right? He got five, and still bliss, went out obliterated in the first quarter. And launched three touchdowns, 246. Where's he finish on the week? He's got to be a top 10 quarterback, He right? was like QB four or five, I man, think. Come on, he was dog. QB five, yeah, between Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. And and I think what's crazy, Ray, he did nothing on the ground. Like, nothing. he's a guy that we know can run a little bit, and he, he did nothing on the ground. He had less rushing yards than every quarterback ahead of him and less than Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Justin Fields, obviously, Sam Howe. Like, the only guy who was really close to him in points who didn't run was Jordan Love. <laughs> The Italian, they want, they want the, the, the chat wants it. The Italian, is he the Italian stallion? Is he the, is he the Balboa no. of this NFL shit, man? Let's go. Let's go, DeVito. Listen, if anybody offers you anything for him in Dynasty, accept it. Third, multiple thirds, <laughs> second, take it. Don't, 
Don't get too crazy. This command. They Proud of him, though. Rivera, Rivera ought to be fired, Jay. He needs to get fired. As well as your boy. Oh, no. Your boy. Brandon Staley, Jay. Let's, Let's talk go. about the Chargers and the Packers. Brandon Staley. I don't know. So, Jay, shameless plug. I mean, it's our show. But you'll yeah. be on Bleacher Report tomorrow. And you're talking about coaches yes. who should be on the hot seat. I think your yes, job sir. is very easy because you could probably spend all day <laughs> talking about Ron Rivera and Brandon Staley, who, some, dude, I, I saw a tweet. It was from 2019. I think it was Ian Harditz that tweeted it out. But yeah. Keenan Allen retweeted Ian back in 2019 because I think the tweet said, Chargers games finish the same way every time. They're, 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 you just know what's going to happen for the outcome of a Chargers game. And somebody's yep. like, it's still relevant four years later. <laughs> they lost again. They, they they continue to lose games. Brandon Staley is in the press conference, Jay. I actually had this video he's big, pulled man. up. But I, he, he ta- he's in the press conference. Now I got to show this, man. I bookmarked it in every week. There's a lot that I want to show from this one. But he's in the press conference. And he's talking about Quentin Johnston. And he's talking about, you know, I guess the question was, do you still have faith in your first round receiver? I'm just going to pull it up because y'all need to y'all need to see it. Go go watch it. You can't see it here. But he's here in the press conference, Jay. And he said QJ made a lot of big plays at training camp. We still believe in what? a lot of big plays. That's what Staley what? said in training camp. Jay, this shit was like what? 13 weeks ago. And he's talking about Quentin Johnston making plays in training camp. Bro. Get this dude out of here, man. Get Brandon Staley out of there. He needs to go, Jay. It's it's time. It's been time. He's continued to be saved. I'm looking at this offense, Jay, and it was supposed to be awesome with Kellen Moore, and it's not. Austin Eckler, Jay, yeah, I got another one for you, man. I got another bookmark uh, tweet for you that I want to pull up because I want I want the crowd to see this, and you don't even need to hear Anything, Jay, but I'm going to pull this up. Let's pull this up. Look at all Eckler running at the bottom. And Hayden Winks tweeted this out and said, I did not change the play speed of this video. Can I make this bigger? Let's make this, let's, let's, let's blow this up. Let's blow this up. Look, look at Eckler. I'm probably going to get booted from showing game film, but look at Eckler, Jay. Just go. I mean, walk <laughs> down, Jay. Walk down. I mean, how does this happen? How? That's, that's a tough scene right there. He just got. It wasn't even close. He he couldn't break away from anybody. Jay, these charges, man. I don't know what to say. And then, of tough. course, the infamous drop by Quentin Johnson, which would have been a 70-yard touchdown bomb. Game winner. Jay would have been a game off. winner. I don't know where to go. We'll, we'll get to the winning team, but talk about the Chargers, who Justin Herbert, in my opinion, played phenomenal. Justin Herbert, he did he did everything. I mean, he turned into to, to Vanilla Vic. He's out there running, spinning in the middle of the field, dropping a shoulder in the Cats. Throwing touchdowns, Keenan Allen balled out. Yep. Eckler, are you? I'm concerned, man. He doesn't catch passes. He isn't very fast. Yep. Who do they go think, to? Their second leading receiver was Donald Parham, man. I mean, what's Ray? What's crazier is some guy named Stone Smart caught a 51 yard touchdown pass. And and Ray, you and I. Follow football. We play in fantasy football. I I like to pride myself on knowing just about everybody who's fantasy relevant or could be fantasy relevant. I've never heard of this guy before. I didn't even know he was on the team. Like, that is insane. And and to be fair, they had some tight end injuries. Gerald Everett was hurt. And I I knew that going in. But damn Gerald Everett, stop. 
I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So to see this happen, you know, it had to be somebody. Herbert was great, and especially the throw to Allen was phenomenal. In a very tight window, Allen made a great route, great throw, all that was there. I think the crazy part is, like, what more does Herbert supposed to do when his team is bad? Like, clearly Austin Eckler is not. Either he's not 100% or it's over. Like, it, it, you can't have that happen. The Green Bay defense is great, and I don't want to take that away from them because they do have a great defense, and they played really well in this game. But the Chargers without Mike Williams clearly are a shell of themselves. They need that additional threat. It's not Quentin Johnson. Like, we know that already. I think we can confidently say Quentin Johnson's not going to be the answer for this team. This season, could he be next season and beyond? Maybe. But this season, he's not saving this team. This team's 4-6. and six. They have the same record as the Jets right now. Their defense is terrible. Brandon Staley is up talking about, oh, yeah, I'm the one calling the defenses. Stop asking the question. I'm the one calling the defenses. It's like, well, bro, you're a defensive coordinator, and your defense stinks. You allow 300 yards to every quarterback with a working arm. So... I don't understand what's wrong with this team or how they fix it, but this season for them seems like it's just about over. Listen, man, I, I almost feel bad for you. Just going through, you just on the you on the QJ search. I just, I, I just, I feel bad for him, man. I really do. I mean, he is. I'm just gonna say it, Jay. I, I mean it. Laquan Treadwell, part two. John or if I Josh deviate, Doxson, part two. If I deviate from what I'm about to say again. I will remove myself from the show. I'm done. I'm out on TCU receivers. <laughs> done. Lazy analysis. Let's go. Call it what you want. I'm S done. Scout the player, not the helmet. <laughs> I'm scouting helmets. If you come from TCU and you line up like this, set hut, and you're trying to run a route, I'm out, Jay. I'm out. I am out. Quinn Johnston, Josh Doxton, Kobe Liston B, Jalen Rager. Yep. Jalen Rager. Yep. Out. And that was the, that wasn't the only QJ drop. He had another one no. in that game. It's the hand placement, the confidence. It's a rough scene, very rough scene in Los Angeles right now with the player that they picked in the first round. And I'm not sure, did he get picked over Addison? Was he drafted ahead of Jordan Addison? Mm, I don't believe. I think he so. was. But he was. He. I'm almost. Let me check the order. Let me check was. the order. No, I, let me tell you. You don't even have to look. I'm positive he was because I tweeted it out. Rager and QJ were drafted in the same draft spot, and the pick after Rager was Jefferson. The pick so after Ray, the pick what's after crazy? Quinn Johnston was Jordan Addison. So not good. So it was actually Zay Flowers next. So he was ahead of Zay Flowers, and then it was Addison after that. Man, so he was drafted ahead of Zay Flowers and Addison, both who are <laughs> much better than yeah. he is. And they even Dalton Kincaid, who would be a better pick right now than uh, yeah than uh, but, than but, uh, QJ. Wilder. But on a positive note. Hey, man, Jay, they called you a madman. Matter of fact, matter of they fact, did. Jay, they called you a madman. Go ahead and pop off, Jay Rich. Talk about that other quarterback, man. Go ahead. I, I don't need to take too many accolades, but yes, I was all in on Jordan Love. I said, and one of the stats that I gave, that he's thrown 40 passes two of the last three games that he's played. And once again, 27 for 40, 322 yards, two touchdowns, QBR 54.6, 109, 108 rating. Dontavian Wicks was great in this game. You know, Jaden Reed obviously ran a touchdown in, but was great as well. The thing with Love right now is he's spreading the ball around and, and really do not read into this too much. It was matchup based. The Chargers are terrible, but Jordan Love did play a great game and did get a big win. I still believe that the Chargers probably could have won the game because Justin Herbert laid a perfect pass to Quentin Johnson down the sideline that he dropped. 
but the Packers got a big win. They needed it to kind of stay in contention in the NFC, but I thought that Love played a great game. He threw for 300 yards. It's kind of what we needed to see. Thought it was a great game from the Packers, and I thought LaFleur called a very good game on offense, especially without Aaron Jones. So shout out to Jordan Love. He got it done for me, so it was a great call by me and a better performance from Jordan Love. Jordan Love smash, man. Good call, Jay. They thought you were a madman, and you nailed it. No interceptions, two touchdowns through the air, 300 yards. He got it done yep. for you. Uh, 20 Jay fantasy Reed, points. Bell Cal Reed, three for 46 on the ground, a touchdown. Bell Cal Reed that can also catch passes, four for 46. Romeo Dobbs, very good, Jay. When they give him the ball, he produces yep. for us. And Christian Watson, another pedestrian performance, but he did score a touchdown. To sort of salvage the Don't day. Don't feel great about Christian Watson now. What do you What do you think about these running backs moving forward? I saw Emmanuel Wilson after Aaron Jones got hurt. He got mm -hmm. hurt. I don't even know what happened to him. He just ran to the sideline, grabbed his shoulder. He got hurt. We know A.J. <gasps> Dillon is not very good, Jay. But, I, I mean, yep. do you want to even start A.J. Dillon? Honestly, like, do you want to start A.J. Dillon? I don't want to start him, no, but I think, you know, as bye weeks pop up and, and things, I mean, there's no bias this week because of Thanksgiving, but if there's bye weeks, flex viable option, I mean, he still had 14 carries, so that's encouraging, and he can fall in the end zone, but that's literally, we're talking about the lowest of the low, bottom of the barrel, we're starting him because he will get touches, not because we think he's even going to get to 50 yards, right, so... It's going to be ugly. He's, you know, a low, low, low end flex, but he's probably the starting running back for the Packers going forward. And you have to kind of at least consider starting that guy in fantasy football, especially in some deeper leagues. If it's a shallow league, I would say no way. In a deeper league, he's definitely flex viable. All right, Jay, let's move on and talk about the Dallas Cowboys versus the Carolina Panthers really quickly. And we won't spend a lot of time yeah. on this one because there, there just wasn't a lot that happened in this game. Uh, I'll just say this. All those, it was just under city. The 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 Dak Prescott's passing yards under Tony under. Pollard fell in the end zone. Thank goodness. Pollard scored, but didn't even hit his rushing yard prop. He was under his line. CeeDee Lamb didn't do anything. He scored, but 82 and a half yards was the line under that, under Brandon Cooks. Adam Thielen was like the only player that hit his over. He went over his yep. receiving yard prop of 60 and a half, eight catches, 74 yards. Bryce Young under 189 passing yards, just nothing. And there was a tweet, man, and it was it was a very, very accurate tweet. And one more time, shout out to Dak Prescott, man. Just been getting it done over the last month. Big I win. Mean, since Good since job, the Dak. San Francisco game, Dak Prescott has been money. But the only touchdown for the Panthers, you know what it came on, Jay? Came on a 17-play, 70-yard drive. And what that Dang speaks it. to is... The margin of error for Carolina is so slim. They have no explosive playmakers. They have little to no running game. They can't block. Their receivers can't get open. So the only way that Carolina can score is literally to drive the ball down the field 17 times and not make a mistake and just inch their way into the end zone. It's a putrid offense, man. Frank Wright, talk about should uh, you know Staley and Rivera. Frank Wright should absolutely be on the hot seat. What an egregious yep. trade. They're one and nine, could be the number one overall pick this year, but let's trade everything away and then not put a system around their young quarterback to be successful. It's awful in Carolina. And it's probably if they don't write this ship, because here's the thing, it's going to be with Bryce Young. They have they have there yep. there's no other out that they have. They better get it together or they're going to be a dumpster fire program for quite some time, Jay. So I don't really have a lot more to say about this game. There's not a lot to take away from it. Cowboys probably didn't get it done for you, but it wasn't because 
the Cowboys are bad. They just didn't have to. De'Ron Bland Non-competitive six. game, yeah. Panthers couldn't do anything. Just wasn't a lot of fantasy production in this matchup. But we did get a lot of fantasy production, Jay, out of the Arizona-Houston game, even though the total wasn't under. We thought this would cruise over, I think, 46 and a half point total in that game. Kyler Murray, C.J. Stroud, we were excited for this yep. one. And to be real, both of these quarterbacks kind of stunk it up. Both of them played mm-hmm. pretty bad. Uh, C.J. Stroud, three interceptions. I believe he fumbled the ball, too, uh, but got it back. Three interceptions, and they came like in the end zone, sort of inopportune interceptions yep. for Stroud. Probably the worst we've seen him play this season. And despite that, he still had 366 and two touchdowns, right? He was still good for us in fantasy football because he is a ball placement specialist. Houston improves the 6-4. and four. They will be inside my top 10 when I do the Bleacher Report stream later today. Uh, they beat the Arizona Cardinals, who fall to two and nine. Kyler at two fourteen and one. Stroud was awesome. Devin Singletary, first time in his career, Jay, back to back one hundred yard games really? from Motor Singletary. So good job, Bell Devin Cal. Singletary. James Conner giving you that customary fourteen for sixty. That's what Conner does. <laughs> you just hope he falls in the end zone. Trey McBride, your tight end star of the week, five yeah. for forty three, seven targets, second on the team in targets. Not great, but... Process was good. Process Results was were okay. My tight end star of the week, Dalton Schultz, two for 32, one touchdown again. Everyone that I had as a star of the week scored. They just didn't do much outside of scoring. They should have been my anytime touchdown scores of the week. He <laughs> yeah. didn't do much. But, Jay, I want to talk about Nathaniel. two receivers. Two receivers going in opposite directions. This is now two weeks in a row where Hollywood Brown and Kyler okay, Murray... good. I was going to ask you this. Been on the same page. It's two weeks in a row. Yeah. I am officially a little nervous now. Two weeks. What's going on? Why is there no connection? You look at it. Five targets. It was lower than Greg Dorch behind Trey McBride. It's just the outside throws to Hollywood playing that outside. It's not It's not happening for, for Arizona two short weeks back into Kyler Murray's return. So, Jay, I am a little concerned about Hollywood Brown and sort of what he could do moving forward, but I am not concerned. And I, listen, Jay, we saw him at the Senior Bowl. We watched him performing at the Senior Bowl, and we said it then. And I went and looked at some tweets. I'm like, damn, I was, like, he just looked different. He looked different on the field with everybody else. And if you recall, we came on the show afterwards, Jay, when we're down there on the field, what didn't the corners want to do during Senior Bowl practices? Oh, they didn't want to cover Tank Dell. They didn't want to cover Tank Dell. Like, they legitimately... They were losing money every time they were covering Tank Dell. Did not want to do one-on-ones against Tank Dell because he was going to make them look silly. Like, he was going to make them look silly, and everybody knew it. So, the only one that really stepped up was Rajon Wright would step up from time to time. But Tank Dell is the alpha man. We talked about this on the Trinity Report. He is the guy. Another 10-target performance. Nico balled out as well, though. 7 for 65. Nico Collins was good. But Tank Dell is the real deal. And my question to you, Jay, and I hope, I hope we can move past this, this draft season. Let's stop with the too small to play receiver. Like, it doesn't matter, man. Like, NFL teams don't give a damn about that. That's old, antiquated sort of, sort of thought processes. Tank Dell is a monster, Jay. Absolute dog. Monster. Damn near pushing a thousand yards on the season and he's missed time. So just how good is this young rookie wide receiver? 
He's phenomenal. I mean, there's not much else to say. He's wide receiver 17 right now on KTC. He's ahead of Zay Flowers. Um, so he's only behind JSN, I think, in the draft class. Or actually, Addison is... Wow, Addison, wide receiver 10. My goodness. Um, but back to Tank Dell. I think... And Ray, this is where we can talk about this on this show, maybe on other shows, about the small wide receiver. But there's, there's the fact that he's small and was so dominant. And to see him live and in person, you really saw how good he could be if everything hit. And I think that's the big takeaway is like, we really did see exactly how good he was. And then while, while it wasn't against the top talent, he made them look so good, so silly that he could be really, really good at the NFL level. But the, the lost part in this that I don't hear talked about enough is the fact that CJ Stroud wanted him, right? Like if CJ Stroud was going to be the dude and we trusted that and we trusted that, that CJ Stroud was going to be the dude. And he said, I want that guy. Right. And he told the front office, I want Tank Dell on my team. That should tell you that he's going to get the ball. And if Tank Dell delivered the way that we believed he could, he could be valuable fantasy football. So I think that's where, you know, you look at those narratives and you don't want to buy into them too much. But when you see them all come together, you're like, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And maybe we shouldn't have ignored that so much. So my question for you is, where did we go wrong in the process in terms of valuation? And where do you think he should well, have been easy. valued in the no, draft easy, class? Man. We just... We, we, we in fantasy land, sometimes we lean too much on historical stuff, right? And historically, yeah. these undersized receivers, you can't be an alpha if you're not six foot three. You're not going to get the targets if you're not six foot two, 210. When the reality today's NFL game, and I, I don't know if anybody out there watched uh, the Netflix series Last Chance You, but... Coach Jason Brown, and he's a very volatile figure for a variety of reasons. And if you don't know who he is, y'all got to look him up yourself. But he said, man, the NFL doesn't care about what you can do for me five years from now, what you can do for me six weeks from now. Like, what can you do for me next week? Like, what can Today, you provide yeah. me next game? And when you've got players that can win quickly in in tight spaces, separation is the name of the game. And if you can get open, you will have a role. You better be able to do something. Either you can get open quick or I can just throw you jump balls and you catch big, it and score. Yeah. Like you got to be able to do something. I just think that the days of you have to be this size in order to be a requisite receiver, they're long gone. So it's not even that we went long. Gone. I went back and looked at my film grades. He was a top six, top seven receiver for me just off of tape. So it's stop looking at he's too small. They don't do this. He is little. We were right there with him. He's a little dude, and it doesn't matter because yep. he gets open and he doesn't look little when he's dropping one for uh, 10 for 149 uh, week in and week out. So Tank Dell, awesome. C.J. Stroud, rough game for him. And uh, from the Cardinals side of the ball, not a lot to take away from. You still want to roll out McBride. James Conner's going to do what he does. Kyler would be better as we move on. Let's keep our fingers crossed for Hollywood. This is probably like yeah, it needs to happen this week. It needs to happen this week for Hollywood Brown. But you're, you talked about the Bears and the Lions being probably the most entertaining game on the slate this weekend. Justin Fields, Jay, was back in action. And I'll give him some credit. I thought Fields played fine. I thought he played fine. Another loss for the Chicago Bears, dropping it at 3-8. and eight. Detroit won that game. Jared Goff was pretty bad to start that game. I mean, he's throwing picks right to Chicago, doing everything that they can yep. to help the Chicago Bears win the game. But ultimately dominated by their three-headed attack of both of those running backs and their dope-ass wide receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown. They were able to get it done, 31-26. Uh, to 26. Both David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs were very good for us in fantasy. If you started either of those two, 
you're in a good spot, man. What do you think about Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, this Detroit Lions team, Amon Ross St. Brown, and then moving forward, eight and two? I think they're a phenomenal team, obviously, but the more encouraging signs that Gibbs was still heavily involved in what kind of seemed and played out more as a Montgomery game early on. Then they got down and they went back to Gibbs. He obviously caught six passes, 59 yards, still ran the ball um, eight times for 36 yards and scored. So you look at that split of the 20 carries, 12 went to Montgomery, eight went to Gibbs, which is great for us because we know that Gibbs is going to catch more passes. Montgomery still got his through the air as well. It was really just Sam Laporta didn't do a whole lot in this game, but Amara was great. Uh, Jameson Williams caught a long touchdown, which was great as well. So it was a very good performance from a game where Goff really struggled. At home, he's been great. But this game, he really struggled for whatever reason against the Chicago team. And I think the bigger takeaway for me is that Chicago is getting better. Like, they have a really good run D, and it seems like maybe they're slowly starting to get better um, on the back end as well. They're starting to become a slightly more confident team, a better team, and playing better on the back end. But I think as well, Detroit did struggle. The play calling could have been a little better, and Goff just really struggled for whatever reason, just had a bad game. But how do you feel about Fields and DJ Moore? Do you want to touch on the Lions at all? Because I think that's really the only story here, is can they keep it up moving forward? I mean, I see some people thinking that, I mean, Dell's got 650 with, with what, six, seven games left? Yeah. Again, pushing 1,000 yeah. yards for a rookie. Yes, absolutely. He's getting 10-plus targets a game. He should be pushing. He's projected on ESPN for 1,100 yards. So I think I'm being conservative when I say pushing for 1,000 yards. Justin Fields, what do I think about them moving forward? I'm excited for the combination. And I said it last week on Friday, DJ Moore needs Justin Fields because at least he will give him deep shots. Fields is yep. a good deep ball thrower. And if you watch that game, he had just missed another bomb. I believe it was to Equinemius. No, Tyler Scott. It was right off of Tyler, Tyler Scott, Scott's yeah. fingertips. He, Fields is a good bad deep ball tracking thrower. tracking from it's him, short, honestly intermediate areas of the game in which he struggles i'm excited for a fantasy perspective because he's going to run the ball he's going to get the ball to dj Moore. does this save justin fields long term i don't know jay i still don't know i'm not i'm not ready to say that the bears need to move forward with him but i watched justin fields play and then i looked at like five other quarterbacks this weekend and was like i take fields over at like five of those guys so give me let me try to do this thing with justin fields and the more this mm. goes on i I know it hasn't been pretty. And maybe here's the thing, Jay. Maybe he's just not going to be that type of NFL quarterback. But you could do, you could probably do a lot worse than Fields. Maybe it's the system. Maybe it's the coach. I don't know. But he can run around a lot. He's a good deep ball thrower. He had Chicago in the game, but ultimately strip sack fumble in game. And nobody can lose a game in more spectacular fashion than Justin Fields. I mean, he is going to lose it. It's either going to be a pick six, strip six. Some kind of six turnover from Justin Fields to lose a game. Nobody loses a game like Justin Fields. Amon Ra was dope. Gibbs was dope. Moore is good. I'm still going to continue to roll out those guys. I will say this about Chicago. Only six carries. Roshan Johnson looks good. I don't know why they don't want to give him the ball more. Roshan yep. looked good. In his six rush attempts, I'm watching him thinking, damn, man, they need to give him the ball a little bit more. Give Roshan the ball. Like, as we move down the stretch... We know what Deontay Foreman is. Stop it, Chicago. See what you have in your young rusher. Like, I just don't get it. Like, give him the damn ball, please. Please. All right, Jay. Yep. We got one more game, and then we will get into a dope Monday night matchup. We are going to talk about Kansas City and Philadelphia. But let's quickly, well, we got two more games, really. Two more games. Let's go Raiders and Dolphins, Jay. And this was one we were open for a shootout. And this was a defensive slugfest. 
that went way under the projected total. The Raiders lost 13-20. to Tua was out there doing his best. He was trying to be Aiden O'Connell. He tried to throw a lot of interceptions. The Raiders didn't catch all of them. Aiden O'Connell threw it 41 times. Three of them went to the other team. Three interceptions, one touchdown for Aiden O'Connell. Josh Jacobs, the jersey was baggy, so he did not play well in this matchup. But Devontae Adams, Jay, did get it done for us. Seven for 82. Had a touchdown. Jacoby Myers got some garbage town grabs late to kind of help yep. pad his little bit of stats. Other side of the ball, talked about A-Chan hurt. One carry, one yard, injured, he was done. And then it was all Tyreek Hill. I mean, I, I looked up. I thought it was a damn mistake on the screen where in the first quarter he had seven receptions first yeah. first couple of minutes i'm like what like i thought this was yep. fake man second quarter he's got seven damn catches finishes with 10 with 146 tyreek hill i'm gonna make a new meme you know the deontay johnson four box that i have where he's hurt 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 touchdown that's about to be tyreek hill every game he's limping off the field and going to the locker room you are in yep. full panic he went today. mode Every Sunday, and somehow he, he emerges from the ashes unscathed and, and faster than ever. So Tyreek Hill, monster performance. Jalen Waddle, five for 55. I mean, just was okay, five right? damn catches. Remember, we talked about it. Four and a half, man. Just fucking Waddle, man. Mostert, 22 for 86. Just, Jay, I don't really have a lot to take away besides this was a good football game. That yeah. didn't yield the fantasy stuff that we really wanted, but the two superstars balled out. Adams and Hill balled out. Both of those two balled out. You started to, he got it done for you. 325. Hit his one and a half touchdown prop. Thank goodness. Two touchdowns for two at Tunga Baloa. And uh other than that, Jay, I don't really know what to say. I don't know what else to take away. Yeah, I mean, there's there's two ways you could look at this, right? It's one, the Raiders defense is actually okay. Like it, early in the year, it was kind of bad. And, and the key to them was they'd allow a ton of yards, but they wouldn't allow a lot of points. And they sort of played the same way this on Sunday as well, right? Two of 325 yards, most are 86 yards on the ground, 22 carries. Tyreek Hill obviously went well over 100. So it was all there for them to have a big game, but they didn't put up a ton of points. And this is kind of the theme for the Raiders all year long. And this is why you have to be mindful of when you're, Playing players against the Raiders, they may get the yards, but the touchdowns and the points may not necessarily be there. I think you look at the other side, the biggest takeaway is Miami's defense is phenomenal. Like getting Jalen Ramsey back, Ramsey. they are playing like a top five defense right now. And, and I talked about this um, on the preview show. Well, I didn't think Josh Jacobs was going to have a good game. And, and I, when we talked about him, as I was going to have him as a sit of the week, but we didn't get to that. Unfortunately, just ran out of time. But the big thing here is that whether it's on the ground or through the air, quarterbacks and running backs are going to struggle against this team. And you need to know that going forward because getting Jalen Ramsey back, he has a pick in three straight games, even though he got hurt on that pick at the end of the game. They are a great defense. They're going to continue to play great. It's really just how does Miami play? Because I think this offense is sputtering a little bit and they need to right the ship. But even against the Raiders, I think the Raiders defense is better than we're giving them credit for. And that may be one of the reasons why they didn't beat them down in this matchup. Man, Antonio Pierce has done a good job. He's done a good yeah. job. Now, you know, covered again. What? How does everything else work? His ability to draft players, to attack the free agent market, to to put a coaching staff together that he wants. Understand, this isn't even his staff, right? This is the staff that he was a part of with the with the previous head coach. I think he's doing a good job to kind of keep this thing together, and we'll see how this plays out for the Raiders. But it's uh, it's feeling a lot more. It's feeling a lot more like people want to see Antonio Pierce in that head coaching job. So. Final game mm -hmm. before we get to the dope Monday night matchup. Tampa Bay 
versus San Francisco. And I just want to know, Jay, what are people going to say this week about Brock Purdy? What is it? What, is what are it you going to say? How do we discount and discredit him this week? QB 99 on keep trade cut. Not that good. Trey Lance should be the starter. It's only good because he's got all these weapons. What say you, Brock Purdy, this week? 21 for 25, 333, three touchdowns, no interceptions, a perfect, Jay, perfect quarterback rating for, uh, what's his name, uh, damn Brock Purdy. And he gave you 14 yards on the ground. What say you about Purdy this week, Jay? Not you in particular, but the fantasy community, right, who hates this guy. I don't know, right? I don't think there's anything people can say about Brock Purdy. You, the yeah, perfect passer rating. Only good, only good because of CMC, man. Only Christian McCaffrey. That's it. And Christian McCaffrey wasn't even that good in this game, right? Like the the matchup for the Niners and for the Bucks is the passing game. And obviously, Brandon Ayuk, your start of the week, went nuts. It was a 75 yard, 74 yard touchdown for Brandon Ayuk down the sideline. Absolutely cooked. That defender, Brock Purdy, made a great throw. And, and especially for Brock Purdy, who he gets criticized. Can he throw the ball deep? Can he get those air yards? Perfect passer rating. Um, Purdy was phenomenal. The team rolled straight through Tampa Bay. It's funny because you, if you told me that Brock Purdy had a perfect passer rating in a game, I would have thought the Niners put up 40 points, right? Like pretty easy. They only put up 27. They still covered and beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers didn't play very good, especially obviously on the back end. But the, the biggest knock on Purdy really is just can is he the guy or is it the team right and i think more and more games go by he's showing you that it is a bit of him too like it's not just the team is, like he still has to stand Purdy, there man. like right it is no one's, for sure here's the thing nobody is saying that brock purdy is an elite quarterback talent nobody is saying that he's got the strongest arm or the the best quarterback moxie or whatever you want to call it but to operate this offense as well as he does given to where he started to where he's at now, like I don't see how people continue to just, like literally I'm looking at people who shit on him day and night and it's the same thing. Oh, it's only because of X, Y, and Z. Keep saying yep. that and he's going to keep being a starting quarterback in the league and in this scheme, he's only going to get more confidence and be better. Like this is, again, if people are panicked on Purdy, like I would buy him. In Dynasty, I want Brock Purdy. I want a starting quarterback tied to an efficient he's an interesting value right now i, I want him I, I don't know where he's valued at today but i know it was taking a dip because they lost three games and it was all brock purdy yep. he was going to get replaced by jj mccarthy next year okay uh it's just it's just insane that we keep doing this jay with this young man brandon Ayuk. i nailed one my start of the week for the wide receiver position was in fact brandon Ayuk, and he smashed jay Tampa was giving up the second most yards to opposing wide receivers. We talked about his Trinity score, 9.1, which was one of the highest in our database. And Brandon Ike went out there and crushed his over-under total with 66 and a half yards. Smashed, man. Smashed. So glad I got one of those damn things right from the starts of the week. Brandon Ike was phenomenal. We talked about George Kittle. Stardom. He smashed again, yeah, Jay. He was great. It's a good, good, good performance from this team on the other side of the ball. Mike Evans continues. I know you don't like Mike Evans. Mike Evans is a Hall of Fame wide receiver that continues to just keep getting it done. Baker Mayfield. 12 is, targets. Yeah, he's going to do it, man. He's going to get targeted. Baker Mayfield kind of came back down to earth as well. He's been kind of moving back down to earth of late. Yeah. Uh, Chris Godwin, we were a little concerned about him going into the game, was banged up. You talked about that. Rashad White, nothing on the ground, but he did catch six passes. That's what Rashad White does. I don't know if there's anything else to say. Debo didn't do anything really on the ground. 
He did have uh, three receptions for 63 yards. Any takeaways from the Tampa Bay side of the ball? Um, not really, no. I mean, it was an encouraging game from Kate Otten, if you're a Kate Otten believer, because he had a good game against Houston, and then this game was a little bit better. Um, the matchup wasn't great, so that was surprising. And then he kind of supplemented some of the production that Chris Godwin nor normally filled, right? But Rashad White, once again, uh, like, what, 17 fantasy points with his six receptions for 30 yards, and yep. he got in the end zone on the ground. I mean, it doesn't look pretty, but he gets it done. So you got to kind of start him week in and week out. I think the coolest thing about the Niners is only one target didn't go to IU, Kittle, Samuel, or McCaffrey. And it went to Jawan Jennings. So you yep, talk about consolidated, consolidated target shares. We love that, right? Compared to Tampa Bay where Payne Durham's getting targets and yeah. Chase Edmonds is getting targets. De yeah. Devin Tompkins is getting Hell, targets. Trey like Palmer That's not what you want to see. Six targets, man. He had six targets. Trey Palmer is a guy, Ray, that... He is sneaky. I'm not going to say that he's a guy that you have to have or have to trade for, but if he's on your waivers, like every time we do the show every week, he's just a guy who I continue to see pop up getting targets on this team. And if there's a world where Mike Evans is gone and maybe Chris Godwin is traded, it could be a gross receiving core, but maybe Trey Palmer is near the top or even at the lead of this receiving core. So it's important to note and pay attention to what Trey Palmer is doing because I want to say he might end the season with like, 60 targets on the year which again for a guy that we didn't expect anything from would be pretty surprising yeah yeah okay so he's got four yeah, targets got, each of the last got, five he's weeks 30, he's got 38 on the season yeah he's got 38 on the season and tater tater get the hell out of here he said got to put together a td parlay for Ray's picks next week all my if you if you would have anytime td them them starts of the week we would have been good money baby we would have been good money but we those were the week 11 fantasy recaps takeaways us and jay rich and now we got to get to a dope monday night game and we kind of alluded to it at the beginning damn sports books were uh were nailing stuff last week so we're going to pull up the lines take a look at some things and while we enjoy this awesome monday night game maybe we could make a little cash on the side as well on prize picks or some of these books so let's preview the monday night game and jay got a little help from a betting expert coming on to the show we're gonna get more thank goodness on the wake up we're gonna get some draft people in we're gonna get some betting experts in the room so let's bring in mitch carl at dfs and donuts what's up mitch welcome to wake up how you doing baby oh man at buffalo bills with the w super bowl 56 rematch oh, tonight if you're not excited as we are here check your dang pulse this one's gonna be a barn burner i'm excited bro well, we're going to talk about the Monday Night Football game, Mitch. And for those of y'all don't know, Mitch Carl is a betting professional. This man, his full-time job is to bet. I work with him on the side. Uh, you can follow him at DFS and Donuts. But I know we talked prior to this game, and you're very excited about this Philadelphia Eagles matchup, Mitch. So let's just talk about it right now. Eagles are three-point dogs, according to DraftKings, minus 120. Yep. Three-point dogs versus the Chiefs. Where's this game at? Is this game in Philly? Yeah, it's in Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah. Mitch, just give me your thoughts on this game. How does this game play out? You know, your read on and yeah. lean on this game. Yeah, I tell you. So I don't bet a lot on games. I'm a big player prop market guy. But I do think there's some interesting sides here of taking Phillies. Not just their spread, but the outright money line. And here's my thought, man. While you, while everybody who's watching all these Ray GQ videos lays in bed every night, scrolling through the Trinity scores and watching his old videos and takes weekly, Jalen Hurts has been laying in bed, as have the rest of the Eagles, thinking about that 10-point Super Bowl halftime lead that they choked. They choked 
did not win the championship. And I can't imagine a team with a bigger chip on their shoulder going into a game than the Eagles tonight going into KC. And after that L, after having the W within the reach in the Super Bowl, I just can't imagine not coming out, firing on all cylinders. And I know it's in KC, and I know that's a difficult place to play. And I know the fans are going to be fired up. But, man, there's a lot of value on that plus odds money line for the Eagles tonight. I don't know if I could pull the trigger yet, but, man, if you're looking for the value and you want maybe even just the entertainment value aspect of it, I think sweating that one out might be a fun one. Well, and here's the thing, Jay. Here's the thing. From a fantasy perspective, everybody already has these guys locked into their lineup, right? Devonta Smith, you've locked Devonta Smith in. You've locked in DeAndre Swift, A.J. Brown, Isaiah Pacheco, Jalen Hurts, Patrick. I mean, all. it's not... This is not a question of who you start. This is no question of who you, Everybody's already been started. The fantasy week is over. You've started all these guys. They're in your lineup. So when we're looking at this, Jay Rich, in your opinion, I know you are very high on Rasheed Rice tonight. And there's some people in the chat. Yeah. I think somebody said they wanted four. They need four points they need four from Rasheed yeah. Rice today. So Jay Rich, from a, a reception per, a prop perspective, I'm looking at Rasheed Rice right now. What are some of the lines that you like on Rice? I see 43 and a half yards is his sort of over-under total according to DraftKings right now. Are the fantasy gamers going to get that out of Rasheed Rice? Are they going to get there? Because if, if he hits this yardage prop, he's got the receptions, they're going to get the four points, they're going to cash. Rasheed Rice, 43 and a half. How are we feeling about him this week or tonight? I love it, right? I love it. The big, the big thing with this Eagles defense is it's not the defense from last season. People need to stop thinking about the Eagles as this big, strong defense now. I'll be honest, Ray. I think this game probably goes under. It's not the highest over-under on the slate. That was Arizona-Houston that we talked about. It's only 45 and a half, three-point spread. And as Mitch mentioned, that line is sort of moving towards the Eagles a little bit. I don't think we get a two and a half, but the line is moving towards the Eagles right now. In terms of Rasheed Rice... Matchup against wide receivers, number one in the NFL, number and I think number seven against quarterbacks. Ray, if you want the numbers, and, and the main reason why I like Rasheed Rice is because I love Patrick Mahomes. His over-under is 283 and a half, one of the highest on the slate. The Eagles have given up 300 yards to opposing quarterbacks four times, 350 yards three times, and they've allowed 283 and a half yards five times, oh. twice to Sam Howell, once to Mac Jones, once to Kirk Cousins, and once to Dak Prescott. And guess what, Ray? Patrick Mahomes is better than all of those quarterbacks, and Rasheed Rice will be his number one wide receiver. Of course, the Swifties are in the house. Travis Kelsey's going to be there. He's going to do his thing. But Rasheed Rice will be the number one wide receiver. He's the number one wide receiver to score a touchdown as well for the Kansas City Chiefs. His utilization in the red zone is the main reason why he was my start of the week. And the number one matchup against the Eagles, who are allowing 48 and a half fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers. It's a great matchup. It's a great spot for Patrick Mahomes and the wide receivers. And that's why Rasheed Rice has to be and have a great game tonight. So I'm very excited. I think I would consider laddering him up to 60 yards and I think he can score a touchdown tonight. Well, let's go research rich. Let's go, baby. I love it. Jay rich research rip Jay rich. And then he brought out some Travis Kelsey talk Kelsey tonight. Anytime touchdown, you could take that. Mitch, I listen, I, I trust a lot of data, a lot of math, and it's telling me taking under on Travis Kelsey's seven and a half receptions, which always makes me nervous. But looking around some other markets inside of this game, Mitch, do you like any uh, anytime touchdown scores, any Travis Kelsey? I know you like some Jalen Hurts. A.J. Brown sitting up there, 80 and a half yards for Mr. 125. What can we expect 
from some of the skill position players in this matchup tonight. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to get to two props here in a hot minute, but I just want to say Jay Rich brought the heat. I'm going to have to follow that up here. A.J. Brown. So, man, I kind of like the under tonight. And, okay. And, you know, the Chiefs, yeah, hear me out, man. They have faced off with four alpha male wide receivers. I love that term. Amon Rice St. Brown, they held under his player prop receiving yards market, 71 receiving yards he finished with. Justin Jefferson, in the game, he injured his hammy in the fourth quarter. He had only had three receptions for 28 yards on six targets. Keenan Allen hit the under, only had 55 receiving yards. And then Tyreek Hill last week, Finished with 62 receiving yards in and out of the game a little bit, but they held all four of these wide receivers under the receiving yards market. And I think the same thing happens to A.J. Brown, one of my favorite players in the NFL, but I'm taking the under for him tonight, 84 and a half receiving yards. And while he can get that in a single catch, you know, take a slant and then make something special happen in 60, 70 yards, just like that. I think the Chiefs contain him a little bit tonight. And on the flip side, you talked about Travis Kelsey. I'm a little concerned here. I am. Okay. And I went back all the way to the 26th season, 2016 season. Kelsey's receiving yards average continues to just look pathetic this year. Ten and a half pedestrian receiving yard average for, you know, honestly, one of the best, if not the best tight end of all time, maybe uh, boosted a little bit by the best quarterback in history. Yeah, I'm sorry, Tom Brady fans. I think Patrick Mahomes ends up as the number one goaded quarterback in the history of the game by the time it's all said and done. But Kelsey, 12 and a half receiving yards average for seven straight seasons this year, 10 and a half. I don't know if it's because he's 34. I don't know if it's because they don't have somebody taking the top off that defense, but it looks like Every single game I watch for Kelsey, he's either finding a soft spot against the zone and it's a short catch, turn around, get tackled, or it's a broken play, and that's when he picks up the extra yards. I'm a little concerned about his yardage. I think, Ray, you nailed it. If you're taking something for him, the value is probably in a touchdown, maybe two touchdown prop, or you can take a receptions prop over seven and a half receptions if you think the game will be tight and competitive. And the Rasheed Rice play was phenomenal. I love that one a lot. Anything else from the running backs, Jay Rich, DeAndre Swift, Isaiah Pacheco? You know, it, it feels like what Kansas City is trying to do is establish a run, and they start off running the ball, and then they move yeah. away from Pacheco, and then the game gets out of hand from him. So, Jay, in your opinion, ground game, Pacheco, DeAndre Swift, what do we have? So you don't want to play uh, Pacheco tonight unless you have to, and I am playing okay. Pacheco in a few spots, and the main reason why is the total, right? Like, I do believe there's a world where this game could be 36 to 30 or something, kind of reminiscent you of that really Super think Bowl. It's going under. You really think this is going to be? I think the game's. I think this game's going under. Like if I was betting a side, the side would be towards the under. But when you're talking about Pacheco, 31st in the NFL in terms of fantasy points allowed to running backs, the Eagles have one of the best rush defenses in the NFL. Sure. So if Pacheco's not catching passes, which with the wide receiver matchup, the tight end matchup. Why not just drop back, throw the ball 45 times? Because that's the advantageous spot. And especially with Andy Reid coming off the bye, he's going to have a great game plan. Both these teams coming off byes, both coordinators have plenty of time to repair. It could be very reminiscent of that Super Bowl because of all the time off both teams have had. But I think when you talk about the running game... Didn't Pacheco well in the Super Bowl? Didn't Pacheco play? He did. He did. But they didn't have Jalen Carter in that Super Bowl, right? So that's 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 a big okay. factor as well. Yeah. So it's not a great matchup, but I would still start him if you have to. I mean, by now you've made that decision, and and I still think it's right. a great spot for Pacheco to score. But the yardage is where he could struggle, right? 
On the Swift side, I don't hate it. You know, Kansas City 17th in running back um, points allowed. It's actually the best matchup for the running backs. We okay. talk about quarterbacks, 23rd, wide receivers, uh, they're 22nd and 31st against tight ends, but Philly doesn't have any tight ends, so who cares? The best matchup is on the grounds, whether it's Jalen Hurts or DeAndre Swift. I think you're starting Swift and be okay playing him, but if I was going one way, I'd probably take the receiving yards over the rushing yards for DeAndre Swift. All right, there you go. Because Kansas City has not covered that well. Um, at least Kansas City hasn't covered running backs very well in the past and haven't done so well this year either. All That's right, the Mitch, big matchup, I think. Before we get you out of here, here, man, any, uh, any uh, nuggets you want to drop to the good people here? 345 strong, hit the thumbs up button, like the content. Anything else you want to leave the good people with, Mitch? Oh, yeah. So if you're a player prop better like I am or you want to dabble in it, I got two picks for you. I'm just going to drop them real quick for you. Jeremy Cannon, over 15 and a half receiving yards tonight. Hear me out. This is an interesting one to me. Yes. So with Mahomes' pass attempt prop at 38 and a half and Pacheco at under 13 and a half rushing attempts current lean, that means basically that the Vegas betters and the opening lines have said the Chiefs are going to chuck the football a bunch and they're not going to run it very much. And if that happens, I think we see the higher end of the snap range from Jarek McKinnon. When we get the higher end of the snap range, he's hit the like over in about 75% of the games. Throw out all the signals, the trends, the stats. Uh, we can take the over if we think this one's going to be a high-scoring game. On the other side of the ball, give me Philly and give me Jalen Hurts over eight and a half rushing attempts. Ooh, now, you kind of teased it. the viewers here in the beginning about my love for Jalen. I love this kid, man. He is so good. 25 years old. I guess not a kid anymore. Young man just looking like a boss. 24 and three as the Eagles starting quarterback last two seasons. And again, one of those losses in the Super Bowl coming into this game in Arrowhead with the chip on his shoulder. I think that they put this game on his shoulders and I expect him to make it look good. Now, I went back to every single one of the games over the last two years, and I looked at it. Anytime there was an eight-point differential in the game, everybody understands what that is. That's a touchdown and a two-point conversion. So just a single tutty being the differential in the final score. Win or lose, didn't matter. Jalen Hurts has had nine-plus rushing attempts in 12 of those 14 games. Give me the nice. dang over. He had 15 in the Super Bowl. I love those two props. They're the only two things I'm betting on tonight officially. Jalen Hurts over eight and a half rushing attempts. Jared McKinnon over 15 and a half receiving yards. Well, then you get that tush push, right? If he if they do that once mm -hmm. or twice, that's a, that's a cheap rushing attempt for Jalen Hurts. So, Mitch, thank you for jumping on the wake-up stream, uh, coming on for your first time, popping your wake-up cherry with us here at John. <laughs> Gay, have a great weekend, John. Thank you for being here. And John said, is this the best Monday night football game of the year? I think so, at least on paper. I, I mean, it on feels paper, like we're it previewing is. a damn Super Bowl right now. We're running through every damn prop, the lines, the spreads, the totals. It feels like a good one. Mitch, thank you for being here. Everybody, make sure you follow at DFS and Donuts on Twitter. He's doing all kinds of stuff, NBA, MLB, NFL, MMA, all kinds of crazy stuff. Mitch, <laughs> thank you for being here, and we'll see you soon, man. Thank you, fellas. All right, Jay Rich. All right, baby. Let's wrap up the doggone show, Jay. Uh, what do we have? We went through starts of the week. Talk Monday Night Football. We got some super chats, Jay. I'm not gonna. I'm not do gonna we? end the show. Let's go without getting to the damn super chats, baby. We got a couple of super chats. So right here from Bobby B's. Bobby B, shout out to you, man. Traded JJ for okay. So Justin Jefferson for Cortland Sutton, the 101 and a 25 first. One QB start eight. Jay, he traded Jerry, uh, Jerry, Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson for Sutton, the 101, which should be Marvin Harrison Jr. and another 25 first 
in a start eight one QB. What do you think about this one, Jay? Start eight. It's scary. It's scary. I love Marv, right? But it's a little scary because if Marv isn't JJ, you probably lose that trade, right? If we're just being honest, it's it's a great trade, and I like the strategy behind it. I like the strategy if, behind it. But if Marv is not JJ, and that is, you know, Hall of Fame bar, at least his trajectory is, right? And and we all admit that Marv can do that. Like, we believe Marv can do that. But it's a dicey trade in a start eight. If it was a deeper format, I'd say, oh, yeah, like, do it 100%. It's in that start eight that you need the highest of high-end talent. Right. And Marv isn't producing that yet, but we do believe he can. So it's not a terrible trade, but it's just, you know, it's a dice roll. But I like I like the confidence in Marv. What I, like I would it. do... Uh, Bobby B's, what I would do is in a start eight, Cortland Sutton for me is, he's right Basically at the threshold. droppable. Yeah. He's right at the threshold of if you would play him or not. I'd try to move Sutton. Like, I would try to move Sutton. I'd try to trade Sutton. I don't know what you can get for him, but I'd try to move Sutton. Can you move Sutton in that mid-25 first for an additional 24 first? Like, can you come, can you walk away from that thing with the 101 and the 103? Like, I'd feel better about that than Cortland Sutton in the mid-25 Package up the 25 in, the, in Cortland Sutton and see if you can move back up to get another high-end 2024 pick. That's what I would do. That's yep. how I would freak that. Uh, I don't mind it. I like the strategy. I like the process and what you're trying to do. See if you can package up Sutton in the start eight. Top Miami, what's happening with you, baby? Um, I traded away Justin Jefferson for Jordan Addison. 24 rookie 101, 103, 106. Wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute. If you did that, that's a great trade. He traded away... Justin Jefferson for Addison and the 101, the 103, the 106 in a one QB full PPR. How did I do? He just flexing on us, right? He just flexing yeah, on just us. Flexing, he just flexing on us. He just flexing yeah, you, on us. You know you freaking smash this shit, man. You absolutely, you, you absolutely go to South Beach, hang out, drink, have some fun. This is a smash. I mean, it's. It's juxtaposed money, to the man. to the trade that we just count saw. Money, and, and yeah, count that money. Count that money, man. Uh, you got the 101, 103, 106, and Addison. Come on, bro. Come on, baby. Appreciate just the flexing on chat. us. Just flexing on yeah, us. Yeah, you're flexing, man. You're flexing. I appreciate the flex too. Flex on it, baby. Good stuff, man. All right, Jay. Uh, let's look at the chat real quick. Garrison said, "Food for thought. What happens if Marvin Harrison lands in New England?" He won't. He won't. He won't. He's he, he's got to go to Arizona right now. Yeah, it's Chicago, Arizona, New England, Chicago. I think the crazy thing, Ray, is that if Caleb goes one, there is a world where he does it, where Marv doesn't end up with Caleb wherever he goes if he's at Chicago, if he's in Chicago, right? Because he could end up in Arizona. Yeah. Let's holler at the chat some more before we're gonna start doing this because during the show we're kind of rolling through the show. Yeah. So let's just engage with the chat for a little bit. Uh, Mitch said, forgot to mention Jalen Hurts kneel downs. If they win, counts as rush attempts as well. So, yeah, it's cheap. Get some cheap rush attempts out of there with QB sneaks and kneel downs, especially on a win. Um, let's see what else we have. Tater said, if that was Smitty instead of Sutton, I would like it a little bit more. I'm with you. I think it was Sutton that really kind of hurts us in that deal. Cowboys, yep. Lions, week 17 would be wild. Yes, it will be. What else do we have in here? Every push-tush counts as an attempt. Gretchen, how you doing? Happy Thanksgiving to you too, What's Gretchen. Up, Garrison said, great show, and that's right. Hit that like button before getting out of here and enjoying Thanksgiving. Tank Dell, Dynasty Wide Receiver 5. We ain't going to go that high, but he uh, he is moving up the board quite a bit. New England doesn't draft legit receivers. 
Where you guys got Dell in your rankings? Wide receiver 15? I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure yet. I got Do you want to do a would you rather? You want to do would you rather before we go? Do you want to? It's Let's do it. Tank Dell is very tough, Let's do but it. I like Let's, him a hey, lot. Hey, this is going to be a segment. Let's go. Would you rather Nathaniel Tank Dell edition? Who's going to be on the hot seat? Me or you for this one? Oh, you got to be on the hot seat. Right. I got the names. Let's go. Would you rather? Let's end the show with would you rather. What we got? Is he the number one wide receiver in the draft class? Number one, is he better than Puka Nakua? So would I rather... It's a tough De- question. Tank Dell or Puka Nakua? very difficult Because Stafford, I'm, I don't really believe in him right now. That's okay. the problem. Okay. Right now, today, if I had to bet long-term on one of those two wide receivers being a more viable option in fantasy moving forward, the answer would be Nathaniel Tank Dell. Because of the quarterback, right? Because of, of C.J. Stroud. Tied to C.J. Stroud. He's already doing it. I would take Tank Dell over Puka Nakua right now from the 23 class. Okay, so then what about Jordan Addison? Tank Dell. Okay, so Jalen Waddell. Because you're going up the board, not down the board. <laughs> I'd say Tank over Waddle. Yeah. Okay, I think we've hit our ceiling because we're at Chris Olave. You're thinking about it now. <laughs> Chris Olave is really good. Let me say this. If you if I had Chris Olave and you sent me Tank Dell, I probably would make the trade. I would we would get a deal done. We would get a deal like, done. Like would you would Tank Dell in a second would get it done? Tank Dell in a second for my Olave? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. So Keep- I mean, so right now you would have him at Wide receiver eight and a half. Wide receiver eight with Chris Olave. Because you got Jets, no, Chase, no, Lamb, no, no, AJ no, no, Brown. No, 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 Because I don't okay. agree with Keep Trey Cut's rankings anyway. So I don't have Okay, so then let's guess. I'll give eight. you some more players. Okay. Stephon Diggs. Yeah, I want Diggs. You're taking Tank. I want okay. Diggs. I, want I think Diggs. you take Brandon Ayuk. I don't really need to talk about him too much. Yeah, I, I, want, I like Ayuk. Yeah. Metcalf. I think you're a Tank guy over Metcalf. You're not a big Metcalf guy. Give me another name. I, I, I abstain. abstain. Well, then there's JSN. Tank. Zay Flowers. Tank. Tank. DJ Moore. I'll take DJ Just Moore over Tank. Tank. I'll take DJ Moore. DJ I'm a, Moore. I'm, a, I'm big DJ Moore guy. I'm big on DJ but Moore, then you, But then you should be trading for DJ rankings. Moore. Because what? I get that, but you then you should be DJ Moore. You should be taking him because would you take him over Diggs? He shouldn't be behind JSN. No, that's opinion. fair. But would you take him? You're taking him over Diggs because you said you take Diggs over Tank Dell. Would I take DJ Moore over Diggs? No, no. Okay, no, I want Stephon Diggs. Because you still have Smitty up there. You take him over Addison. You take DJ Moore over Waddle. Where's Addison? You take at? a tank D- over. Where's Addison? Wide at? receiver 10. Yeah, that's crazy, Jay. Like, that's. I'm, so I'm with I, you. I don't want to. This doesn't mean that I have a Tank Dell's wide receiver five in Dynasty. I don't agree with how. Jordan no, but, but you have them in the top 10. 10. That's wild. Let's, let's lift the names, though. You got Jefferson, Chase, Lamb, Brown, Amara, Tyreek, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave is a maybe, Stefan Diggs, Brandon Ayuk. And DJ Moore. So you're probably at wide receiver 11. But you're basically saying you have DJ Moore like in your top 10 as well. Which is, a di- I didn't know you had him that high. I don't want to do this anymore because I don't know. I don't know. And you're baiting me and you're going to clip I'm this whole damn you. thing. I'm, I don't want to do this game anymore. I'm not even looking at keep trade cut. 
All I know is I think DJ Moore is a lot better than what people give him credit. He's an awesome wide receiver, and we just saw yes. that now that he got his damn quarterback back. Tank Dell is phenomenal as well. Hit the music. We're about to get out of here, Jay. Appreciate every single person that watched this show. Hour and 45 minutes this fine Monday, November 20th Wake Up Show. Make sure, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, no wake up on Friday, but we are going live Wednesday. So be here. Wake up with me and Jay Rich on Wednesday morning. Pre-Thanksgiving show. We'll be previewing the Thursday night matchups. We'll talk a little Sunday college foot, Sunday NFL football, and have a good time. Say staff 10 to all of the dope stuff that we have cooking at Destination Debbie. Anything you want to say to people before we get out of here, Jay? No, man, I'm pumped for Rivalry Week because we have Rivalry Week this weekend college football too, right? Yeah, Michigan-Ohio we State this weekend, man. Yeah, Michigan-Ohio State. Got a lot of good games this weekend, man. A lot of good games. Nice. But yeah, stay tapped in. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. Like, subscribe to the content. Check out the articles. Lots of good stuff. Patreon.com forward slash all gas. Join the Patreon, baby. Get in the community. Ronda that's it, right? Said, I think I'm good. Rhonda Commander said, Ray's taking his ball and going home. you damn right I am, Rhonda. I'm out of this thing. I'll see y'all on Wednesday. We out. Peace.